How are you, second service? You doing well today? It's good to have you out. You made it through the rain. You're here, and we're glad to have you here with us. And we are excited to be back. And we know the last couple of weeks you've been in good hands. Pastor Ryan and Pastor Ben did an amazing job preaching. The worship was was amazing. Yeah, so go thankful. team. Yes. And we missed you guys. We though. missed you. We, we missed, missed you. you. We are so Yay. glad that things go well when we are yeah. away. That's always a great thing, right? And we are so glad to be back with you. And we got an opportunity to spend a couple of weeks uh, celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary yes. together. And we're yes. so thankful we got to do that. It was wonderful. Wonderful. We got to share it together. And we had been we planning for a lot of years and saving yeah. for Hawaii, and we got to take that trip, and we have a picture uh, behind us of why we were on the beach there. Yes, we renewed our wedding vows um, for our 25th. You know, something a lot of people don't know is when we were married 25 years ago, we never had a honeymoon. We had one night at a hotel, and then we... um, In in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, it was cold. (laughs) It was the coldest uh, day of the year. And then we drove back to Minneapolis, and we were at work the next day. Um, So we said on that that night of our honeymoon, that one night, on our 25th anniversary, maybe we can treat ourselves to Hawaii and do it. And so that was was a goal we've had. So if you're a young couple just starting out, make it a goal. I mean, that seemed like a lifetime ago, didn't it? But yet it was, you know, gosh, it's here. And we got to do it. And we made it a reality. We celebrated. You know what? Because marriage is wonderful, but marriage is hard. And, you know, at one part, we we wrote our our vows again to each other. You know, when you say your vows the first time, it's just blind faith, isn't it? You just, you don't even know. You have no clue. I don't even remember Um, much about our wedding day. Because I was confused and numb. It's just, just, yeah, it's just something you say, but... when, when, you know, it's like, yeah, we did it. We tested, we tried it, and we succeeded. So that's something to celebrate, right? Yeah. So, so do celebrate that. It. Do that. Make a goal. Even if you've been married a lot longer than that. Our next goal, we said we're going to try to do another trip and, and on our 30th wedding anniversary just to do that. Keep keep the yeah. love alive. Keep it alive. And I think yeah. the thing is, is we know, like you, that marriage, you know, good marriages just don't happen. They, they take hard work and being intentional and, and investing in them. And this last weekend with our EXO conference, it was absolutely so amazing. Yes. And so many yeah. of you came and invested in your uh, relationship. We had some Beautiful. that came that were uh, engaged and many that came that have One been married. One engagement happened That's here right. at EXO. Yeah, that yes. was awesome. So cool. Yeah, right here. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Uh, couples that are coming realizing that it takes hard work and to invest in that. And we hear the results of that all year long on XO. And so such an amazing time together. And so thankful that you came and you gave of your time to do what's needed to be done to pour into your yeah. marriage. And Invest we honor in. you Invest for that yeah. and so thankful. Mm-hmm. Hey, one reminder before we jump in today, as mm-hmm. you've already heard and members you already know, next Sunday is our annual vision meeting right after the second service right here. And we'll be voting on two board positions. We need you to be with us for that meeting, our, our yearly meetings. We come together and celebrate what God has done and hear where God has taken us in the future. Listen, as we come today, Chris and I come, we are not the pros on marriage. We're not. Okay. We just mm-hmm. want you to know that. I think it probably would be better because we ha- do have some in this church that have been married mm-hmm. for 50 years and mm-hmm. more. You maybe should go ask them about marriage because they have really made it. We've we went have. and asked them. That's right. 
and go how, ask them how, because how they're probably more pros than we yeah. are. We just hope by today that we can just share yeah. uh, some things through God's word and encourage you through the scripture in regards to marriage and your relationships together. And so as we come in, I want us to talk a little bit about this. Is Let me ask those of you that are married, how many of you would say that you, you married someone that was maybe a little bit different than you in opposite in different ways? Can I see your hand? All, yes. Okay. <laughs> Lots of hands. Thank okay. you. Okay. Now, I want to ask you, how many of you, I saw two hands back there. Yes, that's wow. where I'm going. How many of you married someone a whole lot different than you in a lot of ways? Let's see those hands. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you for that honesty. That's good. It, you know, you've heard this. It's interesting that when you're dating, you've heard this. This is nothing new. That when you're dating, that opposites attract, right? You're together. Yep. And then after you're married, opposites attack. Yeah. You know, you've ever yeah. heard that? Right. Because that's really true. That's yeah. a very honest statement. Yeah, how many of you know exactly what we're talking about? Right? It's cute when you're dating. It's cute, you know, then, but then all of a sudden it's, you're married and it's not so cute anymore. It's not that cute. Yeah. And it's not fun for sure. So a little bit more participation from you as a crowd. Um, who in this room would say, you know, you're the one who is punctual and on time in your marriage. Getting somewhere on time matters a lot to you. I know yeah. some of you, and this just makes me giggle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, and on the other side is, who would say you'd like to think of yourself more creative with your time, and you'll get there when you get there, and even right now, even raising your hand, you're going to just do it when you want to do it. You're just, you know, hey, yep. you know, it just doesn't matter because I'm just on my own time. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. so wired so differently. We understand that. So. How many of you would say that in your marriage that when you're getting ready to take a trip or go on vacation, you plan ahead? You are the planner, mm -hmm. lots of you. Yeah, and then how about you, some of you just like to fill the car with gas and just drive. Just drive, and you don't know where you're going to end up. It's just your free spirit, baby. You just want to go. Right. Yeah. And so let's, let's kind of move this maybe toward more of the end of the food. How many of you, you, you like your pancakes fat and, and thick, and uh, how many of you just really like your pancakes that way? See, there's some that do. And then how many of you like them really thin and with a lot of butter and a lot of syrup? Yeah. 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 We probably need them thin for those of us that yeah. need some correction today. Yeah. And in that, that, you know, those of you that like them thick, you know, I mean, we're not saying you're a sinner, but maybe you like the chunky dunk. I'm not exactly sure what you like, but whatever it may be. <laughs> but okay. So. Well, our point is, is that opposites often attract. And this is good. This is good news because if you are both the same, one of you would be unnecessary. Right. And so we see this in marriage where God often chooses two very different people and he brings them together. And this is awesome. Yeah. It's because this works. But the challenge is, is so often in marriage, um, what's cute at the beginning creates conflict yeah. over time. And it, it's not so cute. And it ends it's up um, causing well, these little things become, become big things. And they grow. And so it turns mm. into things of living separately. And the separation starts growing bigger and bigger, thinking we have nothing in common anymore. Mm. And, and so what can happen? is then lies can come into the picture, deceit can come into the picture, and, 
and hurt and, and yeah, unforgiveness. It and does. it just, there's a ripple effect of bitterness and, and all these things. It, it, it happens so quickly. It does. And you know, what happens is, and before long, somehow you wake up and there's two people living under the same roof, mm -hmm. but they're living totally two different lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you ask the question, how do we go from falling in love that we were madly in love and singing the songs, the romantic songs on the radio, they make sense, and by the romantic greeting cards, go from there and escalate so quickly to divorce court where you're fighting over different things. It can happen so fast. It does in our world. And I want to let you know that God does not want it to happen, and it doesn't have to happen that way. That's, That's right. what you need to That's realize. Right. You don't have to let it happen, and God surely doesn't want it to happen. That's right. So today we're going to talk about never giving up on your marriage. We're going to talk about to have and to hold from this day forward until death do us part. And so we're talking about just being in a committed marriage, but I want to make sure that we, with this disclaimer, we're not talking about staying in an abusive marriage, okay? We want you to hear us on that. We don't expect anyone to be a punching bag in their marriage or no. to stay in a marriage where you are constantly being torn down. In that case, we would say, you know what? You need to get safety. You need, you need to separate for a time. You need to seek some really, really wise counsel. And, and you need to ask God for healing and what to do. So we're not talking about that. But we are talking about staying in a committed, God-honoring right. marriage today and doing whatever it takes to get there. We're really passionate about this. That's true. So we're going to bring some heat today. I hope that's okay. Because we want um, to see marriages succeed for the glory of God. That's right. He's got a good plan. He's got a plan. And so we also want to say, those of you that have uh, been married before and it's ended and you're divorced, we're not here to pile on guilt and shame. That, that's never our heart, and it shouldn't be. But chances are you have already felt plenty of guilt from that already. And maybe you've lived underneath of that. You, you maybe have done everything you knew what to do and somebody else didn't fulfill their end of the bargain or whatever. And, and you are devastated today. Others of you might quite honestly say, well, looking back, I did a lot of things that were wrong. And if I could do it over again, I would do it very different this time. And maybe you carry the weight of that with you. And what, what I want you to do today is I want you to forget about the past because you and I cannot do anything about that. Is that true? We can't do anything about the past at this point. We, we don't have that opportunity. But moving to have and to hold from this day forward, what will you do differently? You know, I've had the opportunity to be able to marry a lot of couples, some that are coming together being married for the first time, and then others that are coming back and they're being married again. They've been divorced. Maybe it's been a, a, a previous divorce on each of their ends or whatever. And one of the first questions I talk to them about in the counseling is, how will this marriage be different than your last marriage? Because I think that's a great qualifying question, isn't it? Because we don't want you or anybody to fall back into that again. But what are you going to do differently than you did before? And it's very enlightening to hear of the many answers that people bring forward. But we're saying from this day forward, to have and to hold, no matter what's happened in our marriage in the past, from this day forward, we as Christians are going to never give up. And we serve a God who says that all things are possible with him. That's what we want to encourage Amen. you with today. Amen. We want to be your biggest fans. We want to be your biggest cheerleaders. When the world is screaming otherwise, when it's screaming and making it so easy to get a divorce nowadays, um, we just want to be that voice yeah. that says, you know what? You can make it. 
No, you can do this. God has a plan for you, and it's a good plan, and there is hope for your marriage. So we're going to talk about that today. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're going to start with Matthew chapter 19. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19, we're going to look at verses 3 through 6 here in This is just an interesting conversation that we see happening between the Pharisees and Jesus. And the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus and get him tripped up on the subject of marriage and divorce. And so starting reading here, Matthew chapter 19, verse 3, the scripture says, "Some, some Pharisees came to Jesus to test him, and they asked him the question, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now, let me give you some context of where we're coming from here. Is during this time, it's, it's even so hard for us to imagine this culture in today's world, but, but women were seen as property. Now, I don't like it any more than you do, women, but this is just the reality of, of the context here. And so a man would own a cow... And he might have a goat, and, and he had his wife. It was all in the same category. Right. And, and so, so basically, if he'd say, you know, I don't want my wife anymore, I'm going to divorce her. It was just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. That was the culture. That was it. And then the Pharisees, at this point, you see, they're trying to put Jesus in this tough position. They're trying to trap him and say, oh, what's, you know, what's he going to say? What's he going to say about this? And we're going to watch as Jesus does some shock and awe. And he doesn't just raise the standard a little. He raises it all the way to the very top. And he shocks the listeners who would have been there that day. And he says in verse 4, haven't you read, he replied. And then he goes into, quote, Genesis. And he says that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. For the two will become one flesh. The two will become what? One One flesh. He says they are no longer two, but they are now one. They are now one. Right. And what he's not saying is here, here, he's not saying you no longer have your own personality. You no longer have your own gifts. You no longer have your own identity. But what he is saying here is that the two in God's eyes, they are now one flesh. They're united before God. And this is why he says, therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. This would be really like uh, taking two pieces of paper. I have two pieces of paper here glued together. One side represents the husband, other side represents the wife. Gluing it together, they, they are no longer two, but now they are one. Two pieces of paper, they're stuck, they are one. Why do you think a divorce hurts so much? It's like tearing your heart out when it happens. Those of you that have been divorced, you know the pain. Those of you whose parents divorced, you know the pain as well. Jesus raises the bar at this point that Pharisees think they're going to trap him with this divorce question. And, and they're like, for any reason, for every reason, you know, can, can, a, can a man divorce his wife? And so Jesus takes this so much higher than just the divorce issue. He takes it higher to the issue of oneness. That no matter what you believe about divorce, uh, theologically, biblically, or whatever, personally, you know the pain. Because what's happening, if I try to take and rip these two pieces of paper apart, it is going to tear at the fabric. There is going to be pain that is going to take place. And so Andy Stanley says it this way, you can't un what God made one. 
You can't un-one what God made one. And that is so true that many people we understand in our world don't really understand what marriage is about. They think marriage is an agreement contract, but in reality, marriage is a covenant before the Lord. Marriage is a covenant, amen, before the Lord. So let's talk a little bit about this thing, contract and covenant. There's a big difference there. So a contract is based on mutual distrust, but a covenant is based on mutual commitment. So what's a contract? Let's talk about that. Well, it's based on mutual distrust. So what does a contract do? Well, a contract limits my responsibility, and it increases my rights. So basically, it says, you know, hey, we're going to be in contract together. We're going to have an agreement of terms here. We're going to sign papers. We're going to make this agreement. And uh, it's because I don't trust you, and you don't trust me. And so basically, I'm saying, I'm in as far as you're in. Mm -hmm. I'm in as far as you're in. If you do... If you don't do what you've agreed to do, then I'm out. Right. It gives me a loophole. I can remove you. And for, excuse me, for your benefit, if, if I don't do what I said I would do, well, then you have judgment against me, and, and it, it lets you off the hook. Yeah. So, you know, I trust you as far as you perform. Um, if you don't live up to my expectations, though, I'm out. Does this sound so familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well you, didn't, you didn't do what you said you were going to do, right. so I'm out. And this is what so many people do in marriage. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, hey, this is the easiest way. As long as you make me happy, mm-hmm. as long as you meet my needs, you know what? As long as nothing better comes along, then we'll stick with this. But if you don't live up to the, your end of the contract, I'm out of here. Right, right. But marriage is not a contract. It's so much more than that. I hope you're hearing this today. Marriage is, it's, it's what? It's, it's a covenant. covenant. Well, what's a covenant? A covenant is a permanent relationship. You know, our God is a covenantal God. You can Amen. read throughout scripture that God sets covenants. God makes covenants. He makes right. relationships with his people that are permanent. They're undoable. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used in the word covenant literally means cutting. It's a cutting that takes place. If you go rewind back into the Old Testament, they would cut a bull in half, and then the two parties that are coming into covenant agreement would walk through the inside of the bull seven times to create a covenant agreement. They would cut the bull in half. They would say, if I break my covenant, may what happened to that bull happen to me. In other words, this is absolutely serious business between us and God and between each other. That's super intense, isn't it? You yeah. know, whenever there's a covenant in the scripture, there's a shedding of blood. It means it costed something. Yeah. It, co- it, co- it was paid for, for a, by a great price. You know, in the Old Testament, the way people would get married is they would stand before a representative of God, and um, they would take the hand of the groom, and they would slice the hand of the groom until blood emerged. And then they would take the bride's hand, and they would cut her hand. And, and then the priest would take their hands, and he would take them, and he would put them together like this. And, and because Leviticus says, you know, that the life of the person is in the blood. Mm-hmm. And, and so then they would, they would literally mingle their blood together, their blood flow together of life as a symbol. And they would clasp their hands together. And then the priest would tie a cord or a rope around their arm, their hands, to symbolize that they were no longer two, but now they were one. This is a beautiful yeah. picture of one flesh, but I'm so glad we don't do this today. Yeah, me either. 
But God has joined together. Let no man separate. But I've seen, it's, what's crazy is, I, I've seen marriages done. Yeah. You ever seen the many different ways they do, like the unity, you know, it's no longer the unity the candle. Sand. It's the sand, you it's the salt. It. And, all, and yeah. I think that's all great. Yeah. I watched a couple once. I wasn't performing at the wedding. Mm -hmm. I watched a couple once. They tied the knot. They were tying the knot. Yeah. I swear to God, it took 10 minutes to tie the knot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, you ought to be tying yeah. the knot around each other. You're sitting yeah. there for 10 minutes tying the knot. Yeah. Tie the knot around each other. I mean, this, you know, the knot's going to hang on your wall. I mean, I'm glad we don't do this thing either, but, I mean, yeah. it's kind of crazy. What beautiful. do we mean it's, by coming together in covenant yeah, relationship? It's a beautiful picture of one, one flesh one coming flesh. together. Exactly. You know, you can't unwind what God has made one. We, we, we see God has said marriage is sacred mm -hmm. and it is holy. Mm -hmm. We need to come back to that again. Mm -hmm. There's a sacredness. There's a holiness in marriage. That God, that there's a foundation in Scripture for it based on this covenant. And so as we look at this, it's why we're such a big believers in, 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 in don't just go and let anybody marry you. You know, like going to the justice of the peace. Now, if you've gone and done that, it's not the end of the world. But stand before a pastor in a church and before those that you love and answer to God like we did and like many of you did. John, do you take Kristen to be your wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for in riches, rich, riches, richer or poorer, sickness and in health, love, cherish, forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as she makes you happy? Ah, some of you didn't know that was going to come in there. No, no, that's not what it is. As long as she fulfills the end of the contract. I'm in this. Mm -hmm. As long as uh, something, well, until something better comes along. Yeah. No, no, no. As long as you both shall live, there's no end date in mind. Mm -hmm. On a contract, there's an end date, and many people have a marriage like they're renting a house. That when the contract's done, we're done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it says until death do us part. That's why we encourage you to never give up because we don't unwant what God made one. That's right. Now, let's just be real and be practical here because what happens when marriage is difficult? You know, we've lived 25 years of marriage. It's been wonderful. It's been great. But you know what? It, it's been hard at times. It's challenging. What, sure. what happens? We don't want to paint an unreal picture for you. Uh, marriage is hard no matter who you are. So what happens when it's painful? Yeah, what what happens? happens when it's hard to forgive? What happens when trust is broken? What happens when there's a betrayal? W what do you do with that? Ruth Graham, who was married to the legend Reverend Billy Graham. Ruth Graham has now gone to be with the Lord. But she was interviewed by, um, by a reporter one time. And her husband would travel sometimes for six months at a time. And so she was left at home to raise her children. And, yeah. and you know, so she shared very openly about her marriage struggle with Billy because he was gone so much. And the reporter asked her, well, did you ever consider divorcing Billy when the marriage, is, when the marriage was hard? And she said, well, I never considered divorcing Billy. I did consider murdering him a few times, <laughs> but never divorced. And the reality is, is that when we make a covenant before God, we keep that covenant before God no matter what. No matter what. Right. And you may say, you know what, but I'm not happy. 
You know what, but, but I don't trust him. Well, she's not what she used to be. I, I don't love her anymore. I, we've just grown apart. We hear that a lot, don't we? Yeah, we've just, we just grown apart. Listen, to get divorced because you've run out of love, it's like selling your car because you've run out of gas. To, to get divorced or end your marriage because things are just not going well, it's just like selling your car because you've run out of gas. Hmm. So, so what do you do with that? Well, you refill it. You, you do what you've got to do to refill that tank. You, you do mm-hmm. what you do. When you're running on empty, you do what you do. You go to people who say, hey, can you help us with this? You figure it out. You, right. you, you, you do what you've got to do. Right. You go to counseling. You read a book. You, you do what you've got to do to fill that tank up. And then some of you might even say, yes, but I just don't have any more love to give. I've done all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just nothing left in me. There's no more sure. grace. There's no more forgiveness. I've done everything I can. And can I just give you some hope today? This is where seeking God really pays off. Amen. Because, because when I don't have the love to give John anymore, guess who can love through me? The God who is love. See, it's not something that he does. It's who he is. He is love. And therefore, God can forgive through me when I feel I can't do it anymore. Right. When I don't have the grace to, to again face another day in marriage that's just hard, guess what? His grace is sufficient to carry me through. And, and that's very real. And people may have those feelings in here today. You know, it just seems impossible. The crazy thing for those of us that are Christians, and I understand not everybody here may be a believer today, but as believers, we cannot say, I love God, but I hate my husband. I love God, but I hate my, my, my wife. Right. Scripture says that you cannot say you love God but hate your brother. That's First John in action. You truly love God. You seek him. You know that he is love. And as hard as it gets, and it is hard, and it can be very difficult, you let God do through you what you cannot do on your own. That we realize the apostle Paul operated out of his weakness more than his strength. That's where God, that in my weakness, Lord, make me strong. There is your strength in my weakness, Lord, to help me and to to do the work that you've called me to do, the ministry. Now, what do you do when you're trying, you're seeking God, you're you're hoping to love, you're not getting anywhere? What do you do? Well, I just want to encourage you to remember there's a principle amongst the many in the Bible that we want to look at today in Galatians. It is the principle of sowing and reaping, and we're going to look at that briefly. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7, 8, and 9. The scripture says this, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what? Sows, verse 8, to the one who sows to a sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And that's, that's, a, that's a great reason right there, to remain uncontaminated and pure. And we're not going to sow to our sinful nature. It goes on to say, the one who sows to please the spirit, God, is, we sow to that, from the spirit will reap eternal life. From, from that, verse 9, now for some of this verse that we, we have to all hang on to, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, what will we do? What will happen? We will reap a harvest, amen? Yeah. Do not give up. He says you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. If you do not give up, you will reap the goodness of God. That's right. And so we want to talk about two principles today of sowing and reaping in your marriage. Just super practical here is the first one is you reap you reap what you sow. Can you say that with me? You reap what, what you sow. sow. If I'm going to plant an apple seed in the ground, what am I going to get? 
An apple tree, yeah. Yeah, it's, I've reaped what I sowed. If I, coming in here today, many of you had beautiful smiles on your face and you smiled at me and hopefully you got a smile back in return. It's what we do. We reap what we sow. We, what we plant, we, we birth. We give That's right. Back. We get back in so many different ways, the Bible says. But, you know, if somebody, now I'm glad this didn't happen to me today, but if somebody flips the bird at you, and uh, thank God nobody did today, I mean, what are you likely to do back? Not give the bird. That's right, back. right. You pray for them and you bless them because you're a believer. That's the right response. But I mean, if you retaliate back with that same gesture, you know, come on, who do you think you are? You are not going to get a loving response. Right. Sure. True. Right. And in marriage, it's so much like that. Is if John comes to me with compassion or tenderness, um, that's going to go a lot further with me than if he comes to me aggressive or defensive or or mm -hmm. complaining. You reap what you sow. And so if we're, you know, we've we've learned this after 25 years, we've gotten a little better at it. Where if we have a so touchy little. subject, we're gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna approach it with prayer. I'm going to approach it with some, some gentleness. I'm going to come at him with me statements and I statements versus you statements and say, hey, I feel I, I'm hurt over this. I, I feel we need to talk about this because this is what's going on yeah. in my world. And then um, there's just, so I'm going to reap that. I want to reap gentleness back. So if I go to him with gentleness, that's how I'm going to do it. That's how this works in marriage. Absolutely. It goes both ways. And if I come to. with him with aggressiveness or, you know, you did this and you did that, what's he going to do? He's going to respond in that yeah. same defensive posture, and it's just not going to work. So yeah. this reaping what you sow in Because retaliation with retaliation gets to be a power struggle, and mm -hmm. nobody wins at, yeah. right? But here's a great point. The harvest depends on the seeds that you planted. The harvest depends on the seeds that you planted. Now, men, don't miss this. Men, are you with me today? You here? Okay. I heard a couple, but we're going to keep going. There's just a few. <laughs> you have to remember, men, that women are multipliers. God has put a wonderful thing inside of every woman. They are multipliers. So whatever you give them, they will multiply. Isn't that true? So if you give them before you're married an old stinky bachelor pad, they're going to make that thing look like a penthouse that's put together with all the right colors, and they're going to make it smell good. They're going to multiply that place. Are you with me? Okay, so, yeah, you, you, you know you come together for a dinner, and you're like, you give her a spam dinner, she is going to turn that thing into a gourmet meal because she's a multiplier, and she can do that because God's put that inside of her. Right? So it's amazing to think what they can do. You give them flowers, affection, communication, tenderness. You give her your heart. They're going to give you a little something-something. Is that right, ladies? Can we get an amen? Amen. All right. So you're more in the mood, mm -hmm. ladies, to get a, give a little something-something when there's some romance in the house. It's Absolutely. true, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay? I mean, yes. you give them physical love, and they'll give you a kid. They multiply, okay? You give them a lot of love, they're going to give you a lot of kids. They're multipliers. God has put inside of women multiplication. So you got to remember that. So, um, guys, here's the opposite. If you give them a hard time, they're going to give you hell. They're multipliers. It's going to happen. So here's the key. If you don't like what you're getting, look, look at what you're giving. Yeah, that's right. This is, this is some good preaching here, you know. That's the, the thing is, is looking at that is we have to look at what we're getting. If you don't like what you're getting right mm -hmm. now, 
The harvest that you're getting, you have Mm -hmm. to rewind and say, well, what am I giving? What is taking place? And a lot of people are praying for something different than they are sowing. Mm -hmm. God, I'm praying that you would come and make us even more one in our hearts and we reconcile. Well, listen, you have to give that out. You have to believe. You have to sow into that. That would be, if you're not going to do anything about it, it's like the farmer sitting on his porch, looking at his field and saying, God, I'm praying for a great corn harvest, and he never did a thing. You have to go back. The harvest depends on the seed that you planted. It depends on that, and that is key. Yeah, and so if you don't like what you're getting, what have you been giving? And this is the time in the sermon where you're kind of thinking, well, I sure hope he's listening to this because, (laughs) because he really needs to hear this. But can we just encourage you to take this, own this, own this today for yourself. What am I planting? What have I been planting? What do I want my marriage to look like in five years? What do I want it to look like in 10 years? What do I want it to look like this week? And am I going to plant seeds then today that are going to sow and come forth and reap a harvest of what that's going to look like then? Because this is, this is, this is just the real deal. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, what you're sowing is important. Number two is you reap where you sow. You reap where you sow. If I plant a seed over here and I plant it in my life, am I going to get something over here? From a seed I planted over here? Am I going to get a tree or a plant over here? No. Because where you're at, that is so vital that you're planting the seed there. The location is valuable. You have to know that so that if I plant all my energy and all my effort and all my passion into my hobby, is that going to help my marriage? If, if we put all of our energy together into our kids and we just become a child-centered home, is that going to help our marriage? No. I can tell you it doesn't. If I put all my energy and effort into my career, is that going to help us? Is that going to help us? And the only way I think that I have learned this is by going through it. It's like hard knocks, you know, you know. There are years, years back in ministry where Kristen had to slow me down and say, listen, you know what? I know you're a pastor of the church, but listen, we are married first. And we have, you have to pull back. You're just doing all this during the day and all this during the night. You have to pull back from this. You have to know the priorities. Remember, God has to be kept in the priority one position for sure. And that number two position is us together. You're married. That's that number two position. Anytime those things get out of whack, there is going to be devastation in your life. Every single time because we see it. So you have to have the priority of marriage right. You have to guard the priority of marriage in your heart. You guys with us? Awesome. You know, sometimes people look at us and say, well, you're pastors, so that, you know, it's easy for you. And I just want to tell you that, you know, just because we're pastors doesn't mean we don't have problems. We have the same problems in our marriage that you do. Because why? Because we live in the same sin-filled world that you do. And we've got, we've got the same kind of problems. We deal with the same struggles. We try to be as honest as we can with you. But we have people. We have people we go to and say, hey, we're struggling we have groups of people that we say, hey, we're pray for us. Pray us through this thing. There's, there's times where we just have to fight the flesh That's just right. like you do yeah. in our marriage. And we just want to be open with you and, and tell you that. Um, right. But we've decided that, you know what, we're going to seek God in everything. Right. 
I decided that we're going to put him first and we're going to be good at forgiving one another and we're going to love one another. We've decided a long time ago, divorce isn't an option. That's right. We're not going to give that an option for us. It's not even going to come up in conversation. It's Now, murder, right. that might... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, totally kidding. Um, but, but you know what? That's the key. It takes both of us, yeah. though. We're well aware that it takes, it takes two. It takes two. And, you know, all day long you might be saying, you know, well, he's just not trying or, or she's not trying, or we acknowledge that, you know what, today, it, it does take two, and this is hard, so maybe today you just want to seek God and remind yourself today, hey, this is a one flesh thing, and I might not feel like one flesh right now, but this is exactly what it is, and so God, will you speak to me about what, that I can't undo what you've done, yeah. that I can't undo the oneness that you've created, so since right. we're one, I might as well work with this. I might as well decide what kind of marriage I'm going to have. Is it going to be a good one right. or is it going to be a bad one? Because a lot of times you just got to decide, I don't, I don't want a marriage like this. Well, then don't get out of the marriage. Just change it. Nothing's right. going to change if you don't change. And That's so right. be intentional to say, hey, how can we make changes? Maybe you want to let us help you. Maybe some pastors on staff. We have a marriage class that's going to be starting yep. um, up here in a couple weeks. That These are great ways that you can say, okay, I don't like what I'm planting or in, in getting, so we need to change that. Let's that's change right. some seed here. Change. So we're talking about investing, that investing in our marriages, planting seeds, our relationship. How are some different ways that we pour into our marriage? Well, next week, we've got a real treat for you. Next week, right here on the stage, we're going to have our pastors and their spouses that are going to come and share. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Excuse me, part of the conversation. So good, I choked myself up on that one. <laughs> I'll bring you into the conversation. So right now, if you take out your phones and text, we want you to text. We have this up here. Text marriage to 540-779-8899. And you put a question in there. Inside of that, a message related to marriage, okay, not just any question, but a marriage question that we're, we won't be able, obviously, to answer all of them, but we're going to have our pastors or spouses up here just to be real and raw and out front as we can be next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to happen in both services, and we want you to be able to text your question, have you part of the conversation, and do that right now, okay? And so don't forget, because you'll forget throughout the week. You won't remember that, what to text to and the number, but text it related to marriage. Now, before we close out today, here's what we're going to talk to you about. Some of you right now say, well, you're John and Kristen, and I heard all this stuff, and I still don't feel it. I don't feel nice. I don't feel like forgiving. I, I don't feel like showing grace in my, my marriage. I don't feel like praying. I don't even feel like working on it anymore. I don't even feel like staying married. Those are very real thoughts. Those are very real feelings, but but. I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to. What other area of your life can you make that excuse and get away with it? Well, I don't feel like working this year because I'm tired of working, so I'm not going to work this year. Well, if you and I don't work, you and I don't eat. Well, I don't feel like taking care of my kids any longer. I'm tired. The baby is crying all the time. My kids, they need me, need me. I just don't want to be a parent anymore. Well, what do you need to do? You need to overcome and push through those feelings, and you go be a great parent like you have been. You have to push through the feelings all the time. You do, because why? You have value systems inside of you. That you push through all the feelings because I value 
this relationship. I valued this marriage more than anything else. Well, I don't feel like paying my taxes. I mean, I'm just sick of taxes. I don't want to pay them anymore. Well, how long is that going to happen? I mean, you know, how long you let that go on? Because it's going to come to an end, right? You have to get over your feelings and push through it because you get over that by the power of who God is. Jesus pushed through his feelings through the Garden of Gethsemane and went to the cross for you and I, and he rose again, right? He pushed through the feelings that he had, and he willingly submitted himself to the Father's heart. He pushed through all the thoughts. He pushed through all that so that you and I could have abundant life and abundant living. Now, what we're not saying is, oh, we're just going to have a bad marriage and live with it, and we're just going to live horrible. That is not. That is not the will of God ever. But you and I have the power to change where we're at today. Amen? Amen? And it's based on one choice, one good choice after another choice in doing could it be that this isn't the time yet? Don't grow weary in doing good for at the proper time. This might not be the proper time, but God's time is not always our timing. But God says through his scripture, you will reap a harvest. Yeah, and this is the exciting part because when the harvest comes, the joy comes. I, I love Psalms 126.5. It's been my verse many times through many hard times. It says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Guys, don't give up before the harvest comes. Right. The, the planting, that's hard work. The tilling the ground, the, the getting the soil ready, that's all your labor. That's all. Don't give up before the joy comes. Yeah. God is a God who wants to restore Amen. what's been broken. He wants to heal what's been hurt. And he wants to grow um, the, the hope that is within your marriage that we believe is so there. Amen. And so what do you do? You seek God you forgive one another, you confess your sins to each other, and you work through these issues. You get the counseling you need. You get a part of a small group, and, and you just make it happen, and you let us cheer you on right. the whole way. But what does the harvest look like for you? I don't know, but it's your testimony. It's your testimony that one day you're going to be able to say, wow, we were yeah. there but today we're here. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. We were there. We were a mess. I was an unfaithful husband, but God has restored me. And now I'm a man of God. I was a lousy wife, but God has restored me. And look where we are today. Guys, this is the harvest. This is what we, 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 we plant for is to see the harvest come through. It's the testimony that your children one day will say, wow, mom and dad made it through some really hard stuff. Amen. But they stood on God's word, and they were faithful to him, and they were faithful to one another, and they got through. That's the testimony. Amen. That's the harvest. That's the legacy. Because why? Because it's not just an agreement. It's a covenant. Amen. It's a covenant. What could your harvest be? Well, according to God's plan, it's great. As we make the steps and put into purpose what God has already spoken over us. It is greatness. So we pray that over you today. Would you take the hand of your spouse? Maybe you're engaged. Would you take the person that next, that's next to you that um, as we come together and just pray, Father, thank you today. Your spirit is going to speak life and hope. You're going you're to speak life right now, Lord, to those that are hurting, Lord. Those that are in a relationship that they feel like is so absolutely impossible, God, that you're going to build their faith. And I pray that supernaturally there would be miracles, that there would be forgiveness, that there would be healing, God, as we seek you and we never give up, Lord. I pray today, Lord, for every marriage, every relationship in this room, and that, God, there may be some that are in this room today 
that uh, maybe some of you that are not married, but you're saying, man, I want to ask God for my future marriage, that, that I'm looking at this as a covenant, not a contract. That every one of you that would say today that are married, I really do. I want to see this as something that we do before God, that it would honor you, God, and, and that we would not give up, that we're, we're not in a contractual agreement, but we are in a covenant agreement with you, God, and I, that, that my heart is I want to see a marriage or my future marriage as a covenant all in until death do us part. If that is your heart here today, you say, I am all in on this till death do us part, would you raise your hand right now? Come on, can I see your hand across this place? Father, thank you for the many hands that are raised before you till death do us part. Lord, I thank you. Touch them. Thank you for the foundational decisions every couple has made, that, God, they are going to reap a harvest of righteousness in their marriage, in their future. And, I, God, I thank you not just for average marriages, but for great marriages, Lord. And for those that are hurting and struggling and hanging on by a thread, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and do what we cannot do. And, Lord, that we would forgive each other and that you would bring reconciliation and restoration to that which is impossible. Lord, that we will plant the right seeds and trust you for the harvest at the proper time and at the proper season. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, can you give the Lord thanks today? Father, we thank you for planting and sowing and reaping that which is of you. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet today as we're being dismissed. I pray God's blessing on you. Don't miss next week as we come, as we have questions time, that you, that, that time of questions where you're, you're given in um, and you've texted in and our staff uh, and spouses will be with us. We pray God's rich blessing upon you this week in Jesus' name. Amen.